0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus
1: is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad you've joined us. We're going to be talking about critical race theory. You've heard a lot about it in the news and, of course, Uh, Lots of groups are raising lots of concerns about critical race theory being taught in Ohio schools. We're going to go to a news clip from Fox News that was aired last September with Tucker Carlson and Peter Kersenau. Many of you know him. He's an attorney here in the Cleveland area. He is an African-American. He was also a member of the Civil Rights Council, the United States Commission on Civil Rights. So if anyone has... Uh, a voice of authority on this subject it would be peter kerson let's hear what he has to say about critical race theory well mandatory taxpayer funded trainings on critical race theory are terrible for the country obviously telling people who are defending america that america is not worth defending but they also may be illegal the civil rights act bans discrimination based on race the federal government of course has been ignoring that for years how much longer can they Peter Kirstenow is a commissioner on the U.S. Civil Rights Commission right now, and he joins us tonight, we're happy to have him. Uh, Mr. Kirstenow, thanks so much for coming on. How is this, or how could this be
2: illegal, do you believe?
3: Well, it's not that it could be illegal, it depends on the configuration, but most of them that I've seen, and they have been going on for quite some time, they yes. expanded exponentially during the Obama administration, especially after the Michael Brown Ferguson incident. There was another explosion after the George Floyd incident. Virtually every significant corporation, academic institution, public employer has these types of trainings and they're getting much more aggressive, much more anti-American, much more anti-white. Um, and to that extent, they are prohibited by Title VII, which clearly prohibits many of the things that they're doing in these trainings, such as many of them segregate employees on the basis of race, flatly unlawful. Many of them subject certain employees based on race and sex because it's it's um, uh, designed to also attack males to a large extent. If you do something like that, that's also prohibited by Title VII and also Creating a racially or, or sexually hostile work environment, in this case, mainly a racially hostile work environment. When you witness some of these trainings, they are truly extraordinary and astonishing. Not only are they based on a false narrative, but anyone who has to sit through them are very, very many of them are humiliated. Again, these programs aren't all the same, but many of them are so aggressive that they clearly transgress title seven and to some extent you may even say that they may be a violation of 42 usc 1981 why aren't there more lawsuits good question it's mainly because employees are cowed they don't want to lose their jobs they don't know their rights and in the current blm zeitgeist they're cowed against doing anything that seems to be against the prevailing narrative you will see employees sit meekly as they are being subjected to the most vile and hostile acts it's going on across the country and it's going to be going on for quite some time unless there's some type of intervention I applaud the Trump administration first time ever has any administration done anything like this to intervene extremely important because this is maybe the most pernicious ideology we've ever seen in the United States and I'm not overstating that um, it's going to continue because it's extraordinarily lucrative you mentioned I think in your open you know that some of these are worth a few thousand dollars I have seen very often that trainers are charging between five to ten thousand dollars per hour forty thousand dollars per session and in addition to being lucrative they're politically advantageous for the left in the Democratic yeah. Party because they undermine the whole premise of the United States of America which then permits for the undoing of those institutions because they are racist and, and so on
1: exactly because it undermines the entire premise of the United States of America so nicely put you're seeing the big picture which we need to I think need to focus on Peter Kirst, now as always thank you thanks Tucker And that was an interview with Peter Kirstenauer on Tucker Carlson. That was in September of 2020. And, of course, uh, a critical race theory is exploding all across the country. Also, the 1619 Project, which was basically not history, but someone's editorial piece, and it's being injected into the classroom across the country as historical fact. Uh, With us on the phone is state school board member John Hagan. He's a former state representative from Stark County. He is currently serving on the state school board. And last July, there was a resolution that was put forward by some state school board members uh, to push... Uh, critical race theory, uh, basically saying that America was systematically racist and that uh, this type of uh, doctrine or history would be taught in the schools. John was one of the voices on the state school board that raised concerns and voted against it. Unfortunately, uh, the resolution did pass. Now, understand something. A resolution by the state school board is just that. It's not in statute. Only the legislature can enact legislation. And currently, uh, the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate have measures to stop critical race theory in the Ohio classroom. But we're going to talk about why that might be harder task than, than w- what you might think. And with us on the phone again is John Hagan. John, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, thank you for taking time, and I want to say thank you for serving on the State School Board. I've been to some of those State School Board meetings, and wow, it can be pretty painful at times. But again, uh, the State School Board, uh, you know, they they have a number of functions that they... uh, uh, conduct, but uh, legislation's not one of them. But putting forth these resolutions can be uh, basically steer the ship, as it were, and it's actually sounding uh, you know, a note to the legislature, hey, we think that this ought to be taught. But the legislature is starting to fight back and saying, no, we think that critical race theory should be banned. I've also personally talked to parents and students across the state who are concerned about critical race theory, which basically uh lies in the face of what Martin Luther King said in his great uh, I Have a Dream speech uh, in Washington when he said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. John, how have we come so far away from that principle of Dr. Martin Luther King?
4: Well, I think that you know, when we look at all of this, it seems like so much of this is emotion-driven. Uh, people have watched uh, the violence that has happened after and, and during situations uh, like the George Floyd incident. Uh, they get very emotional and somehow get detached from reality, in my opinion. Uh, if you if you listen to the mainstream media, you would think that uh, every person of color. Uh, has the target on their back, and that police are, uh, hunting them for sport. Uh, it, it's incredible that the numbers don't match the kind of projection that is out there. But of course, people in their emotional, uh, being tend to, uh, get very sympathetic if they believe that to be the case. And I think that's probably a lot of what had happened with the uh, state school board, or I should say the majority of the state school board, uh, voting for a resolution. Uh, To back that up, let me read uh, the first sentence in the uh, preamble, and it is very simply this. As our nation grapples with the hard truths of racism and inequality, we're listening with broken hearts and engaging with determined spirits We acknowledge that Ohio's education system has not been immune to these problems, and while we earnestly strive to correct them, we have a great deal of work left to do. Now, you know, what I would say about that is uh, listening with broken hearts. Uh, I'm a Christian, and I see things that happen every day that I don't think are good, but I am not broken. I, I have faith that we have a stronger power that oversees everything here on the planet. And the idea that uh, we are brokenhearted over incidents across the country uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to a rational person if you look at the country as a whole in the wonderful place it is to live.
1: Well, that's right. That's um, America, as people have come from all across the world uh, to live under the tenets of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the wonderful representative form of government that we have in this country and of course uh, your ancestry and mine um, my uh, father's parents uh, were from uh, Italy. Uh, I have my mother's was from I- Ireland and of course uh, so I'm Irish Italian in in uh, and so you know again our folks were not here during the, the slavery period. In fact we could even argue that on the Irish side uh, they fought. Uh, in the Civil War, there was the Irish brigades in the North, and so our folks, uh, you know, in our ancestry, you know, had nothing to do with that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, obviously we've dealt with that as a nation with the Civil War. In fact, in in Ohio, uh, I was just visiting out in Hudson, Ohio, where. Um, John Brown uh, stood up and gave his famed proclamation in the Congregational Church there in Hudson, Ohio. It's a historic church because he said, I resolve this day. And there was an, it was a church that was involved with the abolitionist movement. And he said, I resolve this day to end slavery. And, of course, you know, it was uh, uh, Frederick Douglass that said that he was the meteor of the Civil War, you know, John Brown, because he went down there and with some uh, armed individuals to actually liberate slaves and to bring some of them north. Of course, it didn't turn out the way he thought, but it it did, in, in, a, in a sense, start the Civil War, as it were. And so John, Br- John Brown was hailed by, you know, Frederick Douglass, but unfortunately, we don't hear that history. We're hearing something much different in the classroom. And, and I think a lot of students, I, I mean, a lot of parents in Ohio right now, do not know that their students are being subjugated to this critical race theory, which is basically saying, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself, you have white privilege, uh, you know, there's systematic racism, uh, you know, you should not, uh, you know, feel proud about who you are, because you are you are the reason why there are problems in minority communities. I mean, John, this is insane. This doesn't help anybody, and that's what Peter Kirstenauer again, in Africa American ser- serving on the uh, as a commissioner on the United States Commission on Civil Rights stated. I mean, he sees the problem. Uh, why can't some of these other state school board members, who are educated and some of them former educators, how can why can't they see it?
4: Well, I I agree. It seems like they're uh, looking at it with blinders. Uh, and again, you know, it, it, one of the things presented to the board. Uh, With a very cartoonish uh, delivery of a lot of bad things that have happened in the history of the country. Uh, I try to look at this from the standpoint of, you know, what is the overall picture? How are we doing? How are we as a country and how are we as individuals doing in this country? And the answer is pretty darn well. Uh, The you know, as they put forward the plan, I'll just read a couple more sentences here and and some of the things that I tried to inject into this discussion as this was coming forward. Uh, The resolution uh, states that whereas profound disparities between Black, Indigenous, and people of color, students, and their white peers exist in all parts of the Ohio education system. And my my comment to that was... uh, if you want to say something like that, what you need to say is between some black and some white, uh, you, you can't lump everyone together because it's not true. You know, we have very successful uh, students of color and we have uh, white students that are failing. It, it, isn't, it isn't something in a resolution that you promote an idea that's not true. Uh, this did come across this way, and I, I I want to address before we get too far in here uh, the process. And this this resolution was brought forward by the president of the board. Uh, it was presented at uh, the meeting in June, and it was modified uh, through the through the month and brought to the board on in July. And on July fourteenth. It was the last item on the agenda in a relatively long business day in a virtual meeting. This discussion went on until after 11 p.m., and the vote took place after 11 o'clock, after there were several uh, amendments went back and forth, and the people taking uh, care of the amendments uh, weren't able to keep up with the discussion. The vote went down without a final product, and we as members did not have the resolution that was passed until the 18th in the morning, about three and a half days after it passed. Uh, You know, what comes to mind for me is Nancy Pelosi. uh, You have to vote for the uh, bill in order to see what's in the bill. It's. Just, in my opinion, a terrible process, a terrible product, and this provides for the department leeway that goes very wide in going down this path that is far from the academics that we're charged to take care of with children.
1: We're talking with John Hagan. He is a state school board member of the 8th District, and he resides in Stark County. He's former state representative. And John, as I think about this, I know there were no votes to this resolution. Again, as you said, it was a 2020 pro- protocol virtual meeting of the state school board last June and July. Uh, the liberals on the state school board, and I've seen the way that they've handled uh, protocol. They've actually, uh, Robert's Rules of Order is something that they have just trashed time and again. I've I was there with one of those catastrophes took place. I mean, you want to talk about chaos. One of the things that people have brought up is that uh, under the Voinovich administration, uh, Governor Voinovich, he wanted to actually have more of a hand as a governor in the state school board, and he wanted more appointed positions. And at that point, we took away some of the elected uh, positions and, and turned them over to appointees by the governor. People have begun to question that process and want to go back to an all-elected uh, state school board um, uh, process. In fact, I th- I favor that, and there is talk in the legislature to doing just that. Uh, very serious talk, by the way. We would support that to go to an all-elected state school board. Now, again, the state school board can only give recommendation. It can only give resolutions. It's the legislature that enacts statute that actually puts it in law that the districts have to follow. Al- although, and let's point this out, the state school board members Uh, Many of them are supported by the teachers' union, the very liberal teachers' union, the NEA, uh, the OEA, and so they're funded to actually get these seats. Most times, people don't even pay attention uh, to the state school board races. Uh, uh, We started recruiting some candidates a few years ago, and we were successful. Kirsten Hill was one of those of which we recruited, and she's a strong, independent voice on the council. I told her that she would win, and she didn't even run much of a campaign, and she called me the day after the election said, you know, I won. I said, well, I, th- I thought you would. And she's actually been a good addition to the board, and she's been a great voice for conservatives. And then, of course, John, when I saw that you were running, that was also very helpful. Uh, Sarah Fowler, of course, uh, came off the board, ran for state rep. Uh, She also was a help on the board. Uh, But we're going to be recruiting new candidates, quite honestly, for the state school board uh, because of this kind of nonsense. Now, I can tell you this. Going to some meetings recently, I was down in Washington County. That's in Marietta and uh, there was folks talking there about the critical race theory even being taught on online uh, charter schools that were public schools online, okay, Odella. And this gentleman was saying that both of my kids were telling me that they were getting critical race theory sentiments on their online, because it's a public charter school, Odella is. And, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, I think a lot of people would know that, uh, even those who do homeschooling who might use Odella, the online school. Uh, and here, so it's happening a lot of different places in different districts. So even if the legislature were to pass the bills that are before it currently, which is House Bill 327 and House Bill 322, and I believe that the Senate has a an amendment to the budget that they want to put in, uh, what is your thoughts? Some of the districts are just going to go full steam ahead on this anyways, because they're going to invoke basically home rule when it comes to this thing. Isn't that right?
4: Yeah, I, I would say this very simply. And, you know, when we look at our state, we know we have a very diverse state. Uh, and, you know, if you, when I was in the legislature, I looked at uh, who they sent. And, uh, you know, you can tell a lot about an area by who represents them. And uh, so yes, it, you're you're going to have in a uh, state that allows the local board to make decisions and the local school to decide what they want to put in front of students. Uh, a lot of this going on in areas where that's what parents support, or or where parents pay no attention. Uh, and so that that you can't stop uh, any more than you can stop uh, people from uh, promoting. Abortion and terrible ideas like that. Uh, but, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the the makeup of the school board, and I wanted to address it specific to this resolution, because I think it's very important when we think about what it means to have the governor uh, have appointees. Uh, in the vote for the resolution, uh, 12 members voted for the resolution. Uh, this is a 19-member board. Five members voted against and one abstained. The appointees were the majority of those voting for it. Seven appointed members voted for the resolution with five elected members, while five elected members voted against the resolution and one abstained. So, just to do the simple math, if you erase the uh, appointed members, this resolution would not pass. I see. And that is with current situation, and as you stated, uh, the teachers' unions are very active in these races, but yet we were able to have six votes that didn't support this resolution of our elected members. So I think that, uh, yes, we need a lot more emphasis on uh, who runs for these seats and, and how we fund them and, and how we get the word out to vote for the right people. But if we had only an elected board, I think we would do better than we're doing now on this kind of off uh, the wall, way off target business. The bigger thing, though, that we have to be concerned about is, you know, you talked about these are these are recommendations. Uh, we don't have the power to force things through. But let's let's think about the real world. The state board hires the superintendent. Superintendent runs the state uh, department, so you know what the superintendent wants happens across the state uh, in schools that are making their own decisions. One of the considerations will be how does the money flow, grants, etc. Yes, uh, I'm sure that everyone will argue that there's no consideration of whether or not you're doing it the way we think you ought to do it and whether money flows your direction. Uh, I happen to live on the planet Earth, and I have a feeling that that's not the case.
1: John, you're going to uh, be at a rally on Saturday. we just got about a minute left. Uh, on June 5th, yes. this Saturday, you're going to be at the State House from noon to 2. You'll be one of the speakers. Tell us real quickly about that rally on Saturday.
4: Well, the, the rally simply is... Uh, Save our schools, save our students. And uh, it is a discussion about these things that are going on in schools. And it goes farther than uh, the anti-racism CRT 1619. It talks about uh, the sexual training that's going on with students, the enticement to uh, students to think about whether or not they happen to be uh, the sex that they're born with, uh, all of those things. Are on people's minds in trying to protect our children, both from an innocent standpoint and from going down roads that will make their lives a living hell.
1: John Hagan, thank you so much for joining us today. We've run out of time, but again, folks, that's a rally this state uh, this Saturday, June 5th, from noon to noon at the Ohio Statehouse. Uh, if you are against critical race theory, this is a time to get down there and uh, express your. Uh, you know opposition to that. John, thanks for being my guest today.
4: Thank you, Chris. Keep up the work.
1: Uh, thank you and God bless. And again, uh, folks, uh, if you've missed this program, listen to it on our website, In its Completion.
0: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity
7: Trust Blue Review.
2: The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome
0: to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris
2: Long. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving just powers from the consent of the government. That is from the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Declaration of Independence, you're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. And we're going to talk about our founding documents today and how we need to save that teaching in the Ohio cl- classroom. If you're a listener of this program, you know that the Ohio Christian Alliance spent over 10 years to get the founding of American documents curriculum passed and into law that assured that each Ohio student from the 8th through the 12th grade would learn the founding documents of our country, and also American government in history standards would be strengthened in the Ohio classroom. Well, I have with me on the phone one of the sponsors of that original bill back in the 130th General Assembly. He's former State Representative John Adams, and he was the House sponsor. The Senate sponsor that year was a newly appointed state senator who later became Senate president, and that's Larry Oboff. He also is in retirement as well. And both of these men are concerned about what is happening at the Ohio General Assembly this session as both uh, a, a Republican, moderate or liberal, and a, a Dem- Democrats are clamoring to do away with this teaching. Well, you say, well, how can that be? Well, if you limit the testing, trust me, you will limit the time in the classroom that they spend on teaching American government And history. What are we talking about? We're talking about the founding of American Documents Curriculum that was passed back in the 129th General Assembly in 2012. And since that time, there has been great progress in Ohio schools of the general knowledge of American government and history standards. In fact, these facts and the tests don't lie. And the assessments actually show the increase, and we'll get into that on this program. But What are they actually learning in the Founding of American Documents curriculum? And you say, well, what exactly is that? Well, let me read to you from the bill, Senate Bill 165, that eventually became law. It says on page 20, It is important that high school students learn and understand United States history and the government of both the United States and the state of Ohio. Therefore, beginning with students who enter in ninth grade for the first time on or after July 1st, 2012, The study of American history and American government required by divisions 6 and C6 of this section shall include the study of all the following documents, and they're listed. The the Declaration of Independence, the Northwest Ordinance, the Constitution of the United States with an emphasis on the Bill of Rights, the Ohio Constitution, the study of each of the documents prescribed in divisions, of this section shall include study of the documents in their historical context. The study of American history and government required by divisions of this section shall include the historical evidence of the role of documents such as the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, to firmly establish the historical background leading to the establishment of the provisions of the Constitution and Bill of Rights. That is the founding of American Documents curriculum And it comes with a guarantee, and that guarantee is an end-of-course exam requirement. Now, basically, back when this bill was passed, it took one full credit hour out of social studies, and it gave half a credit hour dedication to American government, another half credit hour to American history, and then an end-of-course exam for both. That is what the guarantee is for every student, and you know it's working. And it's been a wild success. Why would the teachers' union be so opposed to that? Well, let's ask one of the bill's sponsors what his suspicions might be. Again, with us is former State Representative John Adams from Sydney, Ohio, and a good friend and a businessman currently. John, welcome to the
5: program. Thank you, Chris.
2: Well, we want to thank you also. I forgot to say that you were a former Navy SEAL and served our country in the military, and
5: thank you for that. Well, thank you. It was always it was a good chapter in my life, and uh, I've had a lot of good chapters. But uh, to answer your question, my suspicion it, well, it, it has always been uh, the educational establishment that's always been trying to get those two credits back. Uh, they've always tried to water it down ever since the bill's been passed, some way or another, whether through the uh, uh, state school board. Or through the legislature. They've always tried to water it down. I never understood it. Uh, Keep in mind that it took almost 10 years from the time Diana Fessler, another good patriot of Ohio, who introduced the Founding Fathers documents bill when she was in the legislature. It took almost 10 years since that, that time she introduced it for us to finally pass it. And you would think that it could have been passed a lot sooner, being that Republicans have controlled pretty much of the state apparatus for almost 20 years. So there's a lot of things that are hard to understand, and and at least from my perspective, why. (laughs) But uh, I don't know how you can even suggest in today's current climate that you want to dilute Learning the founding fathers' documents in, uh, for 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 schoolchildren. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, it yet we want to. Yet we want to keep and try to implement critical race theory. Um, it, it boggles the mind. But you know what? That's what we do. We just keep fighting to maintain what this great country has given us, and what we want and what we want it to keep giving us. Well, we're always within
2: one generation of losing this great re- American republic. And it starts with our children. So the children are the, and these students are the target. If they can, can gain control of the classroom and the minds of young children, well, they can set the course for the future of this country, whether for good or for evil. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 11, verse 3, and it's really been our theme of the year, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We have seen over this last year, John, the anarchy in the streets of America with 200 cities that have had riots, uh, protests, turned to riots. But some say they were intended to be riots and anarchy from the beginning, with Antifa and Black Lives Matter and radicals in the streets. We saw the tearing down of Statues of some of our forefathers, of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, or Ulysses S. Grant. Some of them were saying, "Well, they were tearing down some of the uh, Southern generals' statues in the South." But that it didn't stop there. Why would Abraham Lincoln? How is that not a man who was the great abolitionist president? By the way, who visited the Ohio State House three times um, in his life? Twice uh, when he was alive in eighteen. 18- 59 he came and spoke for two hours. There's a marker at the State House on one of the pillars where he stood for two hours and preached against the evils of slavery. He came back through on his way to Washington when he was elected president, and then his body laid in state uh, when it came back through on the uh, funeral train, going back to Illinois for his finding, final resting place. How does the Ohio State House represent uh, oppression or prejudice or slavery? It does not and yet it became a target of some of these same anarchists last year. In fact, John, it was a year ago this time I was testifying against this same uh, uh, bill. Then it was House Bill 239 to reduce end-of-course assessment. What, now that sounds pretty innocuous, and folks would say, well, you know, there's really too much testing in the classroom. Well, what, do you, what did you learn in your time in the General Assembly about testing and why that's important?
5: Well, I do know one thing. Uh, it has always been said that testing drives curriculum. Well, if there's anything you want to test your students on, and those uh, bottom line is you want to test on the founding fathers' documents because when you lose that history, uh, I don't think you have a nation anymore. You don't have a nation anymore, and that's what's being driven out slowly, incrementally. It always has been. Uh, we don't want to. They don't want to teach this. Uh, founding fathers. They don't want to teach it. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great teachers out there, but yes. in the overall big picture uh, with the teachers' unions, the critical race theory, uh, everything that's being, that is going on right now is driven by the sentiment of driving our past out of the curriculum. And you can't do that. Simply can't. If we, uh, we can or water down the founding fathers' documents, uh, they win. Uh, you, can't re- you can't. You can't. We cannot relent one inch. Keep it intact because I think you you have the results of what fruit that has been born from the founding fathers' documents. Uh, several, you know, four to five years ago, six years ago. That's right. Uh, uh, you have the you have the statistics, and it's it's been a success. So why change it? Well, that's exactly right, and that's been our argument.
2: And we're actually calling you folks to do a call to action. We want you to call your state representative, and urge them to oppose House Bill seventy three, and basically what it is is the testing reduction bill. It's currently in the primary and secondary education committee. The um, sponsors are Representative Manning and Crawley and we're going to argue next Wednesday is the next hearing of opposing today they had a proponent testimony next Wednesday will be the opponent testimony we're asking you to call and or write your representative and urge them to keep the founding of American Documents Curriculum the American Government History Standards as they currently are with the testing requirement because that's the guarantee that we know that it's going to be taught in the classroom and by the way Like John, you said, it's a lot of great teachers. They they, uh, Actually, many of them have a passion for this, and we're delighted that this was put in as part of the curriculum because, you know, you get to the school year, there are some things that are required and some things that aren't, and then there's some things that the principal of that school, and if that principal, well, if they have liberal leanings, they really pressure the teachers to spend time in the classroom on those kinds of subjects. So what are we talking about? Well critical race theory, which basically demeans anyone who's not a person of color and says that they're to blame for the oppression of people of minority status. That is totally wrong. We are all equal under the law. All men are created equal by God. That's what the Declaration of Independence uh, declares, and that they have rights and privileges that were given to us by God, that the laws of nature and of nature's God. This is why the founding of American documents is so important to teach our young people that we are all equal under the law and all have the same privileges and benefits of this representative form of government. I had that exchange with some of the members of the committee last year, and you know, John, it, it, the timing was incredible because it was two days before May 28th, which ended up being a time of riots in our capital city, unfortunately, and the State House itself became a target of uh, broken windows and and, and riders went in that night and it was terrible. There was a few State Iowa patrol that were protecting the building that night. You know it's the first time in 163 years of the State House existence that it would ever become a target of that kind of vandalism or destruction. Yet uh, that's what happened on May twenty eighth and then again on June eighteenth and we, we spent time on this program talking about that with how State House security. And it definitely has been a time of a people in our nation. and What we need to do is get down to those foundations again, and, folks, not let them be erased. Don't let these foundations of our teaching and our founding documents be erased. What can you do, you say? Well, you can call. Call your representative and urge them to oppose House Bill 73. We're going to put all this information up on our website. Uh, and, again, uh, we're talking with state Former state representative John Adams from uh, the Sydney, Ohio area, and he was one of the original sponsors of this bill. And it's been such a blessing to our country uh, and, and to our students in Ohio. In fact, here are some of the testing scores. They finally got them in the last year or two. We were been asking them for some time. We wanted to see how we were doing. Right? And again, scores and tests count, right, John? I mean, that's how you know if you're if you're passing or failing, right? Absolutely. So in 2016. Uh, U.S. government, eight sixty eight percent uh, uh, 2017, it went up to 73% passage of students. Again, this is from the 8th through the 12th grade. 2018, 79.5% of students were passing with, with a grade, a passing grade in a U.S. government. And then again in 2019, it was uh, nearly 78%. And as the social studies representative said, this is higher than all the other states surrounding Ohio. So it's a wildly successful program. Why would you want to change it or eliminate it? Well, you can guess. And then they said, well, we'll still teach it. It's still in the general you know, statute. But without the testing, they said, well, then there was a the discussion what they were going to do with the additional time. Well, John, what's your thoughts on that, of what we're hearing lately, of what they want to do with additional time in the classroom?
5: Well, they can spend that time teaching whatever they want to teach, but it won't be the Founding Fathers document. And I will continually say, uh, do not dilute what is currently working, and make your voice heard. And did you say it was, uh, if I recall, was, was it House Bill 71? House Bill 73. House Bill 73, uh, go on the, uh, the House website, find out who sponsored that. And if it's your state representative who has sponsored it, give them a phone call.
2: Absolutely. You know, and that's right, folks. And we'll have that information on our website as well because you need to know who's pushing this and supporting it. And we need to have some of these people withdraw their names of support. They need to understand how you as Ohioans that are concerned about the direction of our state and our country feel about teaching American government and history. You know, I'm reading from some of the Newsweek magazine, the, the arguments we made when we passed this, Bill, John, and, and when you had it in committee. There was a Newsweek magazine in 2011 conducted, it was a poll, poll of 1,000 adults that said, it was titled, How Dumb Are We?, and they and had some civics questions in there, uh, 20 basic questions and they included the results, and uh, only 62% of those polled passed the test, included were such basic questions as, what happened at the Constitutional Convention? Another question, uh, what is the one power of federal government? Uh, Only 19% were able to answer that question. Uh, What what is the supreme law of the land? Only 30% knew that the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Well, what are we seeing, John? We're seeing those who want to eliminate the Constitution,
5: don't we? <laughs> yes. And many, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, nope, have you said before? Uh, it, 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 look, all we have to, we will show up and we will make our voices heard and uh, we will beat it once again.
2: Well, and that's what it takes. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And thank you for your work on this. I mean, you were the John Adams. It's funny how, you know, it's great that we had you, the namesake of one of our founders, the John Adams, uh, as our House sponsor. The Senate sponsor was Larry Oboff. I called him my Tom Jefferson. But it was really the, the North and South Pole of your two different personalities at the time that got this thing through. <laughs> because I remember, you know, you telling Senator Oboff at the time, and he was just an appointee. He didn't even win election. He was just appointed to the seat. Uh, He was excited about this bill, but he was willing to cave in and weaken it, and you basically took him to task. And because of that, we actually got a stronger bill. I mean, he he took the challenge, and then he wrote up a really great bill. I mean, he took one full credit hour out of social studies. He gave half a credit hour to American government, half a credit hour to American history, with an end-of-course exam requirement. And so... When he was Senate president last year, he said, don't worry, this ain't going to pass on my watch. Well, he's retired. There's a new, there's a new uh, bosses down there. There's a new uh, state uh, speaker, uh, uh, Mr. Cup, There's new Senate president, Matt Huffman. They've not said anything definitively either way. So, folks, your voices are needed more now than ever. Tell us a little bit about that, John, when people actually uh, start calling down there and making a difference.
5: It simply works. You have to call. You have to, you don't even have to, you can call, but face-to-face is better. And I intend to make phone calls, uh, especially if there's anybody on this side of the state that has co-sponsored that bill. Um, But make the calls, because it does make a difference. And I will have to say that uh, I think we went through that process. um, I'm glad for what uh, the senator did, Senator Alpoff did. Uh, He worked diligently to get it passed. Uh, I do remember this, though. We uh, sat in the office together. We talked about the bill. And I relinquished who would get credit for it, because I'm pretty sure it's under his name. But the reason for that was is I would have last crack at it. I relinquished the title of it. He has the title. And the point was, uh, if any changes happened in the Senate, we got final say whether it was up or down. So, it, it's a game. It's a, it's a good game of uh, how how laws are made. But uh, sometimes it's not about who gets the credit. It's about what actually comes out. Amen. Almighty God,
0: our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization
2: Trust Blue you know, John, that's why we liked you when you, you served in the House and you did so many good things and you took stands and like you did when you served us in the military as a Navy SEAL. And you took those same virtues and, and points of character and you served our state. We appreciate that. And our all of our children are benefiting from that by learning about our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Ohio Constitution the Northwest Ordinance, and the Federalist and Anti-Federalist Papers. That's actually happening because you took a stand, and that Senator Oboff also took a stand. And we need folks to take a stand today. We need you to call and oppose House Bill 73 that would limit this teaching and probably be the beginning of the end of it, folks. We can't have that happen again. It happened once in the state when we, when we didn't have a guarantee of a testing requirement, we can't let that happen again on our watch. That's why we're asking you to go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website. All the information's there. We're going to ask you then to go down, find your state representative and the members of those committee, make phone calls. You can leave messages even after hours. Be polite, but be insistent that you want them to oppose House Bill 73 because you want to keep the American government and history standards the way they are currently with the testing requirements. Just say it just like that. And then also, you can also send them a quick email. That will also be a user friendly feature on the top of our website. And so, all that's at the Ohio Christian Alliance website. But it's up to you to make the calls, and that's what makes all the difference. And if you're anywhere in the state of Ohio, please make those calls to those people that are serving on the Primary and Secondary Education Committee in the Ohio House. And then also call your state representative, giving them a heads up hey, we oppose House Bill 73. It's going to do away with the American government and history standards in Ohio. And some of you know it as the 1776 project that President Trump last year was touting. That's what he wanted to do on the national level if he got reelected. Well, we've had it here in this state for 10 years, thanks to uh, former State Representative John Adams and Senator Larry Oboff. So, folks, we can keep it going, but we're going to need you to help. John, thanks for being my guest today, and thank you for taking a stand.
5: Chris, thank you for all the good work you do. Have a good day. All
2: right, my friend. We'll see you next week. We'll be down in committee, folks. And again, visit our website at ohioca.org and uh, make those calls. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at ohioca.org.